When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Yes, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a Nutshell on this Tuesday morning, the 30th of August, 2022. Good to be back with you, Daniel Pettigrew, back in the chair. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is our phone number. You can text 0457736736. Broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Yeah, nice to be back with you for the remainder of the week and for the next couple of months as well. 0457736736 or one three hundred oh one. 1170. Thanks to Maddie Cox and Damian Watson uh, for filling in over the next uh, over the last few days. But good to be here. And I missed a big round of NRL, didn't I? Uh, a huge game, some brilliant games, some not so great games. But uh, the standout, I think, in my eyes was that Melbourne Roosters game on Friday night down there in Melbourne at Amy Park. That was one of the better games of rugby league we've seen for a while. And it all continues this round, the last round, the final round, kicking off on Thursday night with an absolute blockbuster between the Parramatta Eels and the Melbourne Storm. So obviously that will be our main focus over the course of this week, uh, this weekend in rugby league. But plenty to come up between now and 6am on this show. Uh, going to cross to America and speak to Chris Perkins, of of course, the U.S. Open underway now. We'll get the latest uh, from the U.S. Open in around about 25 minutes' time from now with Chris Perkins. We'll talk Premier League as well and plenty more. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. It's two past five. The Hot Topic. Thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yes, built tough for Aussie conditions when it comes to water heating. Ask your plumber to install a ream at two past five. Now, back page of the Daily Telegraph in Sydney is all about Roos, young Roosters player Joseph Suali'i. Now, he's going to be coming up against South Sydney uh, on Friday night for the first time. Of course, was part of the South Sydney club. And the news about how rugby is making a $10 million pay for the teenager Onto that in just a second, but I thought we'd kick off the week. The game on Friday night, Allianz Stadium opens up the new stadium. I know a lot of people, and actually, I would like to know if you, if you did go on Sunday to the opening, I suppose, and there was a concert. I think Guy Sebastian was in concert. If you did go to the stadium on Sunday, I know quite a few people that headed out there. What did you think of it? 0457 736 736. I haven't been. My first time will be on Friday night for that Roosters South clash, but... From everyone that talks about the new stadium and everyone that has seen the new stadium, everyone is very happy uh, with it. Everyone really likes it, says it will be great for sport and has the potential uh, to have a great atmosphere as well. So if you were out of that new stadium, love to hear from you. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. I've been to a lot of stadiums, Suncorp 
I think probably still the best. Combank, very good as well. Um, but we will wait and see what the new Allianz Stadium is like. We'll find out very soon, only a few days away. But I thought we'd kick off the week. Biggest rivalries in sport because the Roosters and South, they're at it again. And as we know, there is a fair chance that these two teams may well meet again in the first week of the finals, depending on results this weekend. So this might just be the warm-up to potentially the main course next weekend. But James Tedesco has started the war of words, I suppose, between the Roosters and the Rabbitohs. And he's questioned whether people would even remember the teenage sensation was once a Rabbitoh. Now, Sue he was in mar- earmarked for big things at Souths. He's only 19, remember, um, by seven-time premiership winner Wayne Bennett, only for the Roosters to weigh in with a deal at the end of 2020 that secured the signature of one of the most hyped teenagers in the Code's history. The two clubs wrangled for months over his uh, decision before he went to the Roosters. Eventually, they got their man after paying a transfer fee to extract him from Souths when he still had a year left on his deal. At one point, the South Sydney cheekily suggested a trade for Daniel Tupo. And finally, nearly two years later, he will play his first game against South Sydney at Allianz Stadium in front of a sold-out crowd on Friday night. And we know how well he has been playing for the Roosters this year. Tedesco said, do people even remember he was at Souths? I didn't think of that. I'm sure they will make something of it. The Rabbitohs wanted to keep him and offered him a long-term deal. However, there were reports at the time they also harboured concerns over requests that his contract included clauses that would have enabled him to leave and play rugby union, which we'll get to in a second. The Roosters were happy to leave the clauses in their agreement with the teenager, and Sue Lee recently took up an option in his contract for next season with the Roosters. Uh, former Rabbitohs head of football Shane Richardson said Souths were also reluctant to break the bank given the fullback spot was occupied by a bloke named Latrell Mitchell. Richardson said everyone goes on that he is a South junior, but he is not. He is actually a Penrith junior. He is a Glenmore Park junior Bears. Cameron Murray is a South junior and so on. And we have Latrell Mitchell. So biggest rivalries in sport doesn't just have to be in rugby league, any sport, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. You get that feeling and we will talk more about it later on in the week when we preview the game of Charles on Friday morning and as it builds up. But that is going to be intense. It will be slightly interesting, I think, to see what teams are named by both sides this weekend. The Roosters suffered a couple of injuries in that game against the Melbourne Storm. We know Damien Cook has COVID. We understand the isolation period is going to go from be slashed from seven days to five days, but that doesn't automatically mean he's going to be playing. I'll update you on that shortly, what Peter Volandes has said about that. Few people have suggested on social media that maybe both teams will rest a couple of players. I personally cannot see that happening. Um, I think, I understand why people would want that. People would think that, but more than likely, uh, depending what happens on Thursday night as well, more than likely, both of these teams are going to be playing for a home final. Um, now, you would imagine Allianz Stadium would be a, a good place to be playing the first week of the finals if the Roosters get, could get a win, but South Sydney used to a core stadium, their home ground as well. So I can't see them resting many players, especially with the players already out. But we'll wait and see on that one. So your biggest rivalries in sport, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Now just on uh, Suali'i, Rugby Australia is building a powerful financial war chest in expectation of lodging a stunning $10 million offer 
uh, over five years for the Roosters star. Now, Rugby Australia has drafted a hit list of champion NRL players for the 2025 British and Irish Lions Tour and the 2027 World Cup, which includes Suwili, also Tom Dravojevic, Latrell Mitchell, Cameron Murray, Ryan Pappenhausen, Matt Burton, and Nelson Asofa Solomona. Uh, the Daily Telegraph has reported uh, that RA Rugby Australia will prioritise NRL players who have previously played rugby union. While several NRL players on the list would appear unattainable, an ambitious Rugby Australia will aim high and chase with intent. Uh, we know Suwali'i, 19, is Rugby Union's number one target, although Rugby Australia is aware the Roosters' gun could cost them around $2 million a year over five seasons. It would be incredible money, but Rugby Australia is aware it requires a pin-up player for the two major events who is commercially marketable. So what do you think about that? So can you see any of these players going over to play Rugby Union 2025 or 2027? Joseph Suet-Leahy? Tom Dravojevic, Latrell Mitchell, Cam Murray, Ryan Pappenhausen, Matt Burden, and Nelson Asofa Solomona. Can you see any of them leaving the NRL to head to Rugby Union? Now, there's been a lot of talk about Suwili'i, and that is definitely possible. But what about the rest of them? For example, I cannot see, not that I don't think he'd be good at it, he'd be very good at it, but I cannot see Latrell Mitchell moving to Rugby Union. I just, I can't see it. Matt Burden, again, can't see it, but you never know. Can you see any of those players moving to Rugby Union? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 at 9 past 5. And also noticed as well today that Panthers Group Chief Executive Brian Fletcher um, has accused the NRL of having embarrassing prize money levels with the winner of this year's competition to receive just $200,000. The boss of the minor premiers has come out swinging over the financial reward for all eight finalists, which were halved upon agreement between all clubs and the Rugby League Players Association during the COVID-19 season halt in 2020. Now, the NRL is in the midst of negotiating its new collective bargaining agreement with the Players Union, which is likely to include a steep rise for the minor premiers and grand final winners in time for the new broadcast cycle in 2023. Fletcher says the NRL's $43 million uh, surplus for its last financial term and purchase of Caxton Street's hotel, a Gambaro hotel, for a reported $25 million is an evidence prize money levels are below expectation. Fletcher said it is a terrible look for the game. They'll say that they are increasing the prize money in line with the new CBA deal, but it should be going up tenfold. The money as it is right now, even before it was halved, is embarrassing. Peter Volandi does a great job putting it up in the racing industry, but he goes and halves it in football. It is time they play, pay clubs and players how they deserve. Yeah, so interesting. NRL Chief Executive Andrew Abdo said the prize money structure was agreed by clubs and players in the middle of the COVID-19 chaos in 2020. The code has also recently brokered a deal to return $38 million to NRL players back in back pay as a result of its strong financial performance during the pandemic. Abdo said the clubs and players agreed to a decrease in prize money as part of the revised agreements negotiated for the period 2020 to 2022. From 2023, we are planning a significant increase uh, in prize money. The NRL is also privately concerned any change to this year's prize money structure would also require retrospective action for the 20 and 2021 seasons. 
The Roosters earned four hundred thousand dollars for earning the competition, winning the competition in two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, it was interesting hearing Vossi and Brandy talk about this the other day as well in terms of uh, the money for the minor premiership. Pretty sure also the, my, the money for winning the premiership hasn't gone up for many, many years. I think Brandy was saying it was the same back in 1990, 1991. So lots on our agenda today at 12 past 5, 0457 736 736. Your biggest rivalries in sport as we build up for Roosters South to open the new Allianz Stadium on Friday night. Can you see any of these big name... Rugby league players heading to rugby union. Camelo has kicked us off on the text saying, can rugby take Luke Brooks? Thank you, Camelo. Um, I'm sure he'd be very good at um, the wonderful rugby union. Thank you, uh, Camelo, for kicking us off. And anything else on the agenda, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. It's 12 and a half past five. Good to be back with you. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. Yeah, nice to be with you. It's 16 past five, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 11.70, asking biggest rivalries in sport as we head towards the next biggest chapter, uh, of course, between uh, the Roosters and the Rabbitohs on a Friday night. Uh, and anything else in sport, 0457 736 736. Time to cross to America now and talk to Chris Perkins. Chris, good morning to you. Hey, good morning. Morning. Good morning from Wyoming this, uh, today. How is Wyoming as we speak? Uh, treeless as usual. <laughs> very good. Anything else? A lot of hills, not many trees. Well, that sounds very, very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, very good description, Chris. It's 17 past five in the morning. Uh, look, we'll get to the US Open in just a second because it has got underway. Of course, lots of interest in the last Grand Slam of the year. However, before that, uh, what's the latest with the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, and and this is a, a very confronting story up front. I wanted to put that disclaimer out mm. there. Uh, they are they have uh, as as of this morning zero punters on their roster. Uh, they had drafted a punter by the name of Matt Ariza, uh, sixth round back in back in the spring, and he wound up winning the starting job. Uh, they released the other punter that was in camp, who has since signed with the Buffalo with the Indianapolis Colts. Well. Uh, the Buffalo Bills actually cut their punter, Matt Ariza, on Friday, two days after he was sued by a by a now 18-year-old woman, uh, alleging that he and a couple of other football players at San, at San Diego State University last October gang raped her. Okay, so what's the latest? What? So, is, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. This is this is an incredibly ugly story, and it's gotten uglier over the last few days. Uh, he is, of course, denying through his attorney. His attorney is calling this a shakedown. Uh, San Diego police have been investigating, apparently, since this happened. That was according to a uh, an L.A. Times story from back in July that I perused before mm. I came on. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's criminal charges uh, possible. There's a civil lawsuit going on. Uh, the bottom line is we're nowhere near the end of this story but, uh, yeah, Matt Ariza was fired. That's the best way to put it uh, from his job as the punter of the Buffalo Bills before he even made his debut. Yes. Well, yeah, as you say, pretty full-on story. And it sounds like to me, Chris, yes. a, bit, a bit more to play on uh, that. Um, let's move on from uh, that to, uh, so yeah, to something uh, 
much more light-hearted. Uh, the US Open underway. Of course, it is the final Grand Slam of uh, the year. And just before we get to some of the big results, it, it's really an interesting tournament, isn't it? Because we've got no Novak Djokovic uh, this tournament. Rafael Nadal looking uh, for yet another Grand Slam victory. Serena Williams' last Grand Slam ever, last tournament ever before she retires. Uh, from an Australian point of view, Nick Kyrgios, of course, made the final Wimbledon a couple of months ago. He's actually in action a bit later on this morning, Australian time against his very good ma- uh, mate, Tanasi Kokonakis. So it's just an intriguing final Grand Slam tournament of the year. Yeah, Australia kind of got totally screwed in that part of the draw, didn't they? Kakanakis and, and Kyrgios well, in the first round match tonight. Well, I heard about how, it. how does that happen? Yeah, I heard about it over the weekend, Chris, and I was just uh, I thought it must be awkward. I mean, obviously not the first time two friends have played each other in tennis, but these guys are, uh, from all reports, best mates. They won the doubles at the Australian Open not that long ago, only about eight or nine months ago together. So it's going to be a tricky match for them to play. You would back Kyrgios on form, but, yeah, it's a, not, a very, not a very good draw in round, the first round of a Grand Slam. I'm sure when it came out, both of them wouldn't have been happy to see it. Yeah, probably right. And, and you know, Kakanakis, he's not a bad player. I mean, I would mm. say, you know, he's at least got a puncher's chance to knock Kyrgios out in the first round, which – which would really annoy me because just between me, you, and the radio line mm. uh, and the phone line, Kyrgios is my tip. Oh, is he? he? I'm tipping him. I like the dark horse. I like what he did at Wimbledon. I, and I, I think he's shown what he can do in a major. As long as he stays focused, he has every chance of winning this tournament. Now, like I said, that, could, that tip could completely blow up in my face about 11 p.m. Eastern time tonight mm. here in the United States when he gets bounced in round one. But yeah, that's my tip for now. But, but yeah, that'll, that'll be an interesting match. And that, that's the follow-on match at Arthur Ashe Stadium tonight mm. from Serena Williams making her uh, first-round appearance uh, tonight. She gets primetime center court. They, they, the WTA shirt certainly wasn't going to slap her out on court 14 in what could be her swan song. Yes, well, no, definitely. How, how far do we see Serena going in this tournament? Obviously, the fairy tale story would be that she goes on to win it, but her form hasn't been that great in a couple of the lead-up tournaments beforehand. But it would be nice to see her win at least a match or two and certainly would be deserved. Yeah, it absolutely would be. Now, regardless, you're going to see a sellout tonight at, at Arthur Ashe. That, that place is going to be packed at 7 Eastern tonight in New York. So... Uh, she's going to be playing however long she goes. It'll be packed houses the entire way. It, she could win this one, and she's taken on the 80th ranked player in the world. Mm. Uh, so yeah, she's got every possibility of winning winning a match or two in this tournament. You got to figure the adrenaline's going to be flowing big time, and that crowd's going to be willing her to win. Uh, it may be a struggle, but yeah, I could see her totally winning tonight. Maybe, maybe her second round match as well. But yeah, on form, she's played four matches this year. She's lost three of them. So, yeah. uh, on form, you would not expect a long run. You're just fingers and toes crossed, hoping maybe there's that Jimmy Connors 1991 run in her at her final U.S. Open. Andy Murray has got through into the second round of the U.S. Open, uh, which is uh, good for him. Actually, won a, quite a big upset, though, 7-5, 6-3, So we'll see if Andy Murray can make a bit of a run. And I'll update you on some of the other scores a bit later on. Alex Demonor 
on court at the moment. Just started his match. Nick Kyrgios, Tanasi Kokonakis scheduled for about 10.15 Australian time this morning. And Chris, we'll catch up uh, quite a few times over the next couple of weeks with the US Open update as well. Uh, just before we leave the tennis, uh, the possible uh, baseball milestones heading into the final month of the season. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited as a St. Louis Cardinals fan. My Cardinals are like six games ahead of Milwaukee in the National League Central, looking really good to, to get into the playoffs and could possibly make a deep run. They've got a, a couple of MVP candidates in uh, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, but there's two milestones potential um, that that we could see, both of them in St. Louis. Um Albert Pujols, who who played 10 years in St. Louis before going to the Angels, he's now back in St. Louis in his last ride season, uh, approaching uh, 700 career home runs. He has 693 right now. Uh, He's three behind Alex Rodriguez for fourth all-time. If he gets to 700, he would become the fourth player in Major League Baseball history to hit 700 home runs. Mm. And he has been on absolute fire since the 1st of August. Had like six home runs. He's had like six home runs in August. And and has just been hitting the ball like crazy, especially against left-handers. And the other one is Paul Goldschmidt, the MVP candidate I mentioned. Uh, Right now his stat line this year, he's batting three thirty-eight with with 33 home runs and 105 RBIs. That batting average, he leads the National League. RBIs, he's tied for the lead. And in home runs, he's second, two behind Kyle Schwarber. If he winds up leading the league in all three of those categories, he would be the first National League player since Joe Medwick of the Cardinals as well did that in 1937 to win the Triple Crown in baseball in, in the National League. All right. Well, going to be a very, very interesting last month of that baseball season with those potential milestones. Chris, thank you. We might chat again tomorrow if you're around and talk more tennis. Uh, Exciting next couple of weeks. So looking forward to that. We'll chat then, mate. Sounds good. Have a good day. Thanks, mate. Chris Perkins in the USA. We'll catch up with him uh, most days throughout the next couple of weeks to get uh, the latest from America with the US Open. Go to talk Premier League football in just a second after the next break. Just a text before a break asking biggest rivalries in sport as we head into Roosters South this weekend. We might keep this topic running uh, with all the other topics over the next couple of days. But uh, Yeovil Treeman says, Hi, Dan. My biggest sporting rivalries individually, Bjorn Borg versus John McEnroe and Joe Fraser first Muhammad Ali. For teams, hard to go past a couple involving Australia. Aussies versus England in cricket. Well, yeah, of course, the Ashes. And Wallabies versus All Blacks in rugby. That one from the Yeovil Treeman. Thank you, mate. Keeping them coming in. Biggest rivalries in sport. 0457 736 736 or one 1170 Do you think the NRL needs to up their prize money for the minor premiers and the premiers? It's still the same as it was over 30 years ago. 0457 736 736 or one 1170 And if you were out at the new Allianz Stadium on on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon for the grand opening. Let me know what it was like. Looking forward to heading out there myself on Friday 
for the Rabbitohs Roosters game. 27 past 5, 0457 736 736, 1300 0111 70. We'll take a break. On the other side of this, we'll talk English Premier League with John Gallo. That's next. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. Talking sporting rivalries this morning on 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Ahead of Roosters South opening up a sold-out Allianz Stadium on Friday night. This next sport that we're going to be talking about now with Jonathan Gallo, there's a lot of rivalries, not just in the Premier League, worldwide, everywhere, um, and a man that knows everything about rivalries. John Gallo uh, is on the line. Morning, John. Yes, morning, Dan. I know all about rivalries, and uh, yeah, football. We're kind of blessed with uh, with a lot of rivalries, particularly in the uh, in the EPL. So yes, yeah, it's a wonderful league and exciting league, and it's exciting for a reason. Mostly comes down to the different rivalries that uh, kind of transform over time. So. Um, yeah, Man United and, and Liverpool is one rivalry, and Man United and Arsenal is another one that comes straight to mind when you talk about the uh, the rivalries of, uh, of EPL. And we will continue our road to the World Cup on Thursday morning, of course. Uh, took a bit of a break last week, but we're back straight back into it on Thursday morning. Meanwhile, there is a stack of Premier League to get through, uh, some interesting matches over the weekend, and then there's another midweek round kicking off tomorrow. So let's just whip through uh, some of these as quick as possible. Man United won over Southampton. Neil started back on Saturday night. Important win for Man United. We know they got that win over Liverpool. So whilst they had a rocky start to the season, a couple of back-to-back wins just to ease things a little bit. Yeah, definitely. It was a pressure game for, for United because they had to try and back up after their really famous win against Liverpool the weekend before. They did exactly that. They had a lot more possession, a lot more ball, and uh, was very creative up front going forward as well. So some of their key players, Jordan Sancho and obviously Bruno Fernandes, as well as Marcus Rashford up front, really did a job for United. Southampton had a poor start to the season. Unfortunately, that continues for them. So they could be uh, staring down the battle of a possible relegation uh, fight out uh, come end of season. Hopefully that isn't the case, but it certainly looks that way early on if the uh, if the results are anything to go off at the moment. Chelsea 2 over Leicester City 1. Chelsea had a player sent off, but uh, they still managed to get two goals after Gallagher was sent off. Yeah, absolutely. It was an inspiring performance from Chelsea in the end. A very disappointing one for Leicester City. They still end up winless so far the start of the season, sitting in the relegation battle already. So some worrying signs if you're Brendan Rodgers and a Foxes fan, that's for sure. Players just didn't put in the performance after Chelsea went down to 10 men. Conor Gallagher got sent off around the 25th, 30-minute mark. So Chelsea did a very good job getting on with the win, getting their three points, and Tuchel will be happy with with that performance. Uh, yeah, now Brighton won Leeds United. Neil, disappointing for Leeds, but I think you said to me a couple of weeks ago that Brighton uh, a bit of a dark horse in this year's competition, and that's a good win for Brighton over Leeds. Yeah, absolutely. I think Graham Potter, the, the young English manager, has done a fantastic job getting his side up to sixth or seventh spot last season. And as I said last time on the show, he was a big scalp against some of the biggest sides. So, uh, you know, he's done that again this year. They're sitting in fourth spot currently at the moment, fighting their way with some of the biggest sides in the Premier League. Uh, so no surprise if you've watched uh, Brighton a couple of seasons and uh, and seen Graham Potter, you know, form his side really well the last year and a half. Whereas Leeds United have had a big scalp against Chelsea 3-0 and then 
to, to drop the bundle here against Brighton would be uh, very disappointing mm. if you're a Leeds fan. But um, I still think Jesse Marsh is doing some wonderful things there. They've obviously had a decent start to the season as well, which has helped. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's still got to be positive if you're a Leeds fan. But as Brighton, they're doing really, really well at the moment. And uh, as I said before, I think they are definitely a dark horse going forward against some of those top sides in the uh, in the Premier League. Yeah, good win for Brighton. Now, Man City 4, Crystal Palace 2. This was uh, intriguing Game wasn't it four two Man City over Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, thanks to an own goal, uh, got the first goal in the fourth minute, and we're actually leading two nil uh, at half time. And then, unfortunately for Crystal Palace, Man City scoring four goals in the space of just over thirty five minutes to take this game four two. Yes, they had no Zaha either up front for for Palace to uh, to put pressure on City. It was a bit of a Danger game for City because, you know, in the past, Palace have had a history of being a bit of a bogey side and have got the wood over City in past visits in the last season and a half, really. Um, Patrick Vieira's guys are very well drilled, very well controlled and know how to play against some of the top teams. So, um, yeah, it was always a difficult game for City and City went down 2-0 again and had to crawl their way back into the game. And this has been a couple of weeks in a row now where City have had to go down from two goals down to get back and win the game. But obviously, when you got players like Haaland and De Bruyne and Bruno, uh, obviously Bruno Fernandes, or not Bruno Fernandes, Bernardo Silva, sorry. Um, yeah, they've been obviously fantastic to go forward and got the players and talent to, to hurt anyone on their day. So, um, you know, Palace will be disappointed about this one, I feel, because they got 2 0 up. They would have felt, even though they're away from home at City, they could have possibly got all three points. But against this, you know, magnificent Man City side, after you get so many ways of attack happening, it's very hard to stop. And once City got that goal back, 2-1, they just had the crowd behind them. They rode the momentum and from there on got the job done. So it was a disappointing end in the last 20, 25 minutes for Palace. But uh, he'll be happy, Patrick Vieira, that his side put up a fight away from home at City, which is not an easy place to come play, that's for sure. Now, this next match, I was actually going to... I uh, wasn't going to watch it live on Saturday night going into Sunday, but I was uh, planning to watch it on Sunday morning before I head out for the day. And unfortunately, I heard the result on the radio overnight. And it was one of these res- one of these times, John, when I thought, no, it must be dreaming. It can't be right. Liverpool 9, yeah. Bournemouth nil. Now, Liverpool had a dodgy start to the season, but that is... That's a hell of a scoreline in a, in a football game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I thought I was watching cricket for a second. <laughs> it was it was getting really bad. It was it was I was feeling sorry for Bournemouth in the end. I mean, it was three nil up after about twenty twenty five minutes in the first half. And you know the way Bournemouth were playing, they just didn't look like they didn't want to be out there. To be honest, um, it was a bit of a training run, men versus boys type of stuff. But you know, Liverpool they show what they can do. And uh, you know, Jurgen Klopp asked for a reaction from his players during midweek heading into this game because of such a slow, stuttering start to the season they've had already. And uh, and the Liverpool players did exactly that. Obviously, you know, Luis Diaz showed what he can do. Robert Firmino got on the scoreboard as well. Mo Salah back into form as well, which is desperate for, for Liverpool. Their midfield came to, to life as well with Fabinho, Henderson and, and Harvey Elliott. I mean, the midfield have been heavily criticised during the last couple of weeks um, as being a little bit tiresome and not looking up to their normal Selves, but uh, they came out fast pace, whizzing that ball around, and Bournemouth were just chasing shadows for large parts of this game. 9 0, incredible scoreline, incredible way to respond. And uh, I think now Liverpool are going to be on the up now. They've got their side fully back. Nunez has come back from suspension. Thiago hopefully will come back soon uh, this week. And uh, and obviously, you know, he adds a lot of creativity to their midfield as well. So 
yeah, they've had a few injuries early on in the season, Liverpool, which haven't helped their, their form. But uh, now they're getting those players back from injuries slowly but surely. I think they will start to make their way back into the top four, which is uh, which is where they belong. And just quickly through some of these other games, Brentford, Everton, one all draw. Everton again, just really quickly, John. That's a that, mm. that's a disappointing result for Everton. You would think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of talk that. Uh, Frankie Lampard's a man under pressure at the moment and potentially will be under pressure come uh, before, the, you know, obviously, the Guitar World Cup in November. If he doesn't get things right between now and then, he could be one of the first managers to face the uh, the sack, unfortunately. Obviously, losing with Charleston to Spurs was a big loss in the uh, in the summer window break. They haven't kind of replaced him yet as well. And Anthony Gordon up front, who got the goal for Everton in this game, he's been rumoured with a £60 million move to Chelsea. So... They're losing some of their star quality players and they're not replacing them. And with such a slow start on top of that, it's really been a, a bad sign for Frank Lampard and the coaching staff. So worrying already for Everton. Um, they've got a tough run in the last couple of games as well this month. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see how Everton respond. But uh, one all draw against Bedford. Uh, Bedford will be happy with that, getting the point at home. But, uh, yeah, definitely some, some worrying signs as, a, as an Evertonian fan, that's for sure. Yeah, and the other matches, uh, Wolves and Newcastle had a one-all draw. West Ham won over Aston Villa nil. But Arsenal and Tottenham are continuing both their good starts this season, respectively. Arsenal 2-1 over Fulham and Tottenham 2-0 yesterday over Nottingham Forest. Yeah, well, I mean, fantastic result for, for Arsenal getting the 2-1. It was a hard-fought victory as well, Mitrovic. But they're 1-0 up in about the 60, 65th minute mark and uh, Arsenal just missed so many opportunities in that first 60 minutes. After dominating possession and creating opportunities, they just couldn't find the back of the net. And you started to think, oh, gee, this might be one of those days for Arsenal where they had all the ball, all the possession, still end up with a draw or possible loss. And Mitrovic got the goal out of the run of play, 1-0 up, and suddenly with about 20 minutes to go, Arsenal having to try and chase and get back to the game. And uh, they did exactly that to their credit. Obviously, goal from Martin Odegaard to level things up. And then Gabriel, uh, with, a, with a little punt in the inside the 60-yard box, he just smashed the ball into the roof of the net to get Arsenal 2-1 up. And, you know, Mikel Arteta talked about after the game, showing that fighting spirit, showing that they are a, a Premier League team and a top-four team at best. And, uh, you know, potential Premier League contenders that have been sp- spoken about after this result. Uh, obviously, we'll have to wait and see if that eventuates. But Arsenal showing some really good signs. And the new signing, obviously, Jesus and Zdenko have been a wonderful additions to this Arsenal side. But Fulham, you know, they've had a great start to the season as well. Don't take anything from Fulham. They've actually showed some great fight in the last couple of weeks. They've done a few upsets. Obviously, they've got the draw beginning of the year against Liverpool as well. So they're humming along nicely as well. So don't take anything away from them. But, yeah, Nottingham and Spurs watch this game as well. Uh, look, very, very good first half on both sides. It was at Nottingham. Great atmosphere, I have to say. They, they just put on a show there at Nottingham. And uh, it was always a danger game for Spurs. But in the end, Harry Kane and Son up front, Kuzeski as well, just did the job for, for Spurs. And Conte will be very happy to walk away there with, uh, with three points. All right, so there is now another round of the Premier League beginning tomorrow. Uh, just, it seemingly never ends, but it's uh, very good if you love your football. Uh, so it all begins tomorrow. Now, we're going to speak Thursday morning, so we'll only get a quick tip out of uh, these next four games. So these are on tomorrow, respectively, starting at a few different times. So just very quickly, uh, at 4.30 tomorrow morning, Crystal Palace, Brentford. I'm going to go Crystal Palace on this one. Uh, also at 4.30 tomorrow morning, Fulham will host Brighton. Big game. I think Brighton are in good form. I'm going to back Brighton for this one. 4.45 tomorrow morning, Southampton take on Chelsea. This should be an interesting game. Yeah, I think Chelsea a bit of a up-and-down battle at the moment. I'm going to back Chelsea, but I think they'll just get the result. I think it'll be difficult for them. 
And Leeds United will host Everton. And Everton have an interesting run because they play Liverpool after that on Saturday, which we'll talk about on Thursday. This one tomorrow, though, at 5am in Leeds at Ellen Road. I'm expecting a response from Everton. I think they could be possibly a draw between these two sides. I mean, I know Leeds United are in a lot of good form recently, but I expect Everton to respond after all their pressure on, on Frank Lampard. So I'm going to go with a draw. As I say, a host of other games as well happening across uh, Thursday morning, but we will chat Thursday morning, so we'll talk about them actually as they are happening because we will continue our road to the World Cup, but we will also look at the Premier League as well. Thank you, John. Great stuff. Have a wonderful day. We will chat on Thursday morning. You too, mate. Yes, yes, look forward to it, mate, and I'll uh, I'll chat to you soon. Looking forward to it. Thank you, John. All right, mate. Speak soon. Jonathan Gallo talking all things football. To your text, to your calls, and some of the other news making. Uh, the headlines today in just a second, plus some of the US Open scores. Uh, 0457 736 or 1300 01 11 70. We'll do that in just a second after the break. It is 16 minutes to 60. A text talking about biggest sporting rivalries uh, heading to the Roosters Souths game on Friday. Allianz Stadium, did you go there for the grand opening on Sunday? Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? Let me know what to expect. And also, do you see a lot of these big-name rugby league players heading to Rugby Union after Rugby Australia have put out a hit list uh, for Suali'i, Tom Dravojevic, Latrell Mitchell, Cam Murray, Ryan Pappenhaus and Matt Burner, and Nelson Asolfa Solomona. Do you see any of those players going to Rugby Union for the British and Irish Lions Tour of 2025 and the World Cup 2027? 0457 736 736 1300 01170. It's quarter to six. Yeah, it is. It is 11 minutes to 6 o'clock, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Now, don't forget, Vossi and Brandy up after 6 a.m. through SCN 1170 a.m. in Sydney and through the wonderful SCN 693 a.m. in Sydney, in Brisbane, sorry, SNQ 693 a.m. and SCN 1620 a.m. Padden Heels uh, with The Breakfast Show. Uh, this morning, Trevor Gilmeister on the Broncos being soft. Yeah, what about the Broncos sitting in ninth position at the moment? Wasn't it only a few weeks ago they are in the top four? Um, they have been pretty poor over the past few weeks. I don't know if, if they, I'd call them soft, but they've been pretty poor performances. We'll talk about them later on in the week. What an important weekend it is for them. Uh, Lions captain Dane Zorko will join them. And one of Paul Green's best mates ahead of today's funeral slash memorial. Yeah, that is on uh, today. Expecting a big, big crowd. Yeah, very sad day uh, for the Paul Green uh, family, which is happening later on today. So that is all with Pat and Heels after the 6 a.m. news. Yeah, Paul Green's uh, family, friends and rugby league peers are set to pay their final goodbyes as the star rugby league coach is laid to rest at a funeral service at Wyndham's BMD Oval. Uh, fittingly, the celebration of Green's life is being held at the home of the Wyndham Manly Seagulls, uh, where he first made a name for himself as a player and later a premiership-winning coach. Uh, the service will start at 11 a.m. It is invitation only, but it will be live streamed stream for the public to pay their respects. Paul's brother, Rick Green, is expected to speak on behalf of the family shortly before the service begin. Up to about 500 people are expected to attend. Yes, a very sad day 
uh, again. And, of course, our thoughts with the Green family ahead of that funeral today. Uh, but, yeah, that is all on Pat and Heels this morning after 6am through SCNQ 693 Queensland, SCN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Let's update you with a few more scores from the US Open, uh, for the US Open. This is for uh, Kennards Hire. Head into Kennards Hire for their two for one offer. Now, as I say, Nick Kyrgios and Tanasi Kokonakis uh, in action around about 10.15 this morning. Uh, so that'll be a must-watch game if you're at home uh, this morning. Alex Dimonor in action at the moment. He's in the first set. He was two love down. He is now leading 5-4 in the first set, though. Um, and let's have a look at what else has happened. Australian John Millman, unfortunately, has been eliminated in the opening round of the US Open, losing to America, Emilio, American Emilio Nava, 7-6. 4-6-7-6-6-1-6-1. Uh, Five-set clash. He had his chances, Millman, but could not get through. Uh, Aussie Darius Seville plays at around about 6.20 a.m. Jordan Thompson in action at 6.55 a.m. as well. I mentioned with Chris Perkins before, Andy Murray has reached the second round of the U.S. Open. Uh, so well done to him. Um, been a long time since uh, he's had success at the U.S. Open. Uh, number 16 seed, Roboto Batista Agut of Spain, was another seeded loser, beaten in the straight sets by American J.J. Wolf. Uh, Daniel Medvedev had an easy start to his U.S. Open title defence, winning 6-2, 6-4, 6-0. So that's just some of the highlights from the first day of the U.S. Open, uh, with plenty more to go as well. 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. Couple of texts here. Uh, this one saying, Hi, Dan. Unlike years ago when union players switched to league primarily for money, a switch from league to union is going to be more about personal challenges and goals without knowing if a player has desires to test themselves with a new sport or is attracted to playing a more international game, hard to tell if they might be tempted by an ARU offer. Well, it's a good point. We don't know if these players do want a new challenge. I'm sure at some point these players probably do want new challenges. I just can't see all those players on Rugby Australia's hit list leaving Rugby League going to Rugby Union. But you, you never know. We've seen it before. It can happen again. And uh, the British and Irish Lions Tour in 2025 would be appealing, as would the World Cup in 2027. And speaking biggest sporting rivalries, this one from the Chookman. He said, hi, Dan, Holden versus Ford. Yes, very good one. And he also said, why would players go to Union? Uh, well, there you go. Yes, uh, so, well, I think uh, I don't think many would, but I understand the point, Chookman, and I appreciate and like that text. Thank you very much. Now, we mentioned uh, the Roosters having a couple of players out this weekend. Now, Damien Cook, going to be interesting here. We're expecting the COVID isolation rules to be cut from seven days to five days tomorrow, but he's still in danger of missing Friday night's match against the Roosters, even if we do see that isolation period reduced. It comes as the NRL chairman also issued a pre-finals alert to all the NRL players to sacrifice for the next few weeks to ensure COVID is not the deciding factor in the race for this year's premiership. In a shock twist, it's emerged the Rabbitohs are preparing to name Cook in their team for the historic opening of Allianz Stadium, even though he missed last weekend due to COVID. However, Volandi's explained it's not that clear-cut. We always follow the government protocols. However, there is no guarantee that after five days you are a negative, so they will still have to pass the rapid antigen test. Those requirements will all still be there. There are three criteria that a player has to meet in order to come back. 
One, he has to test negative. Two, he has to show no symptoms. And three, the club doctor has to sign him off. So it's a chance, but we'll wait and see if he tests negative after that five-day period, if indeed the isolation period is cut from seven to five days, as it looks like. Thanks for your company today. Been good to be back. Vossi and Brandy through SEN 1170 AM coming up after the news. Paddy Hills through SENQ 693 AM and SEN 1620 AM. And I'll catch you tomorrow morning at 5 AM. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30 a.m. for a limited time only. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.